Hi everyone, welcome to Living La Vita Loco podcast, a retro gaming podcast for some of your retro gaming needs. My name is Faz. And I'm Rich. You just chortled at me. I did, yeah. It's the sum of your retro gaming needs. <laughs> what, what? What is your problem with it? Like, is I don't it... have a problem with it. I find it weirdly charming. Oh, it's just very that's... difficult to keep a straight face when I'm sat opposite <laughs> you saying it. I used the word chortle and I've... I... More that is snort. Yeah. I mean, the reason I was just going to stop and bring that up was just because when I read the Beano, like, oh, there was always people, a chortle. people would chortle. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, yeah. that's where I learned that word from. But I'm not actually sure what a chortle is. Is it a snort, maybe? Yeah. I always had it pegged as more of like a little, almost like a giggle. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't, didn't want to assign your laughter to the chortle. No, no, no. Zone, but... Yeah, don't want to chuck me in the chortle bin. But, you know. <laughs> I love the idea of a chortle bin. <laughs> Great. Hi, Sunset. Cat. Oh, right, okay. As soon as we start talking, I was just about to introduce you. Gone. <laughs> just gone to the edge of the room. She's got cat things to do. The sun is set in the room and the cat has left. Uh, so, we are going to be doing one of our free play weeks this week. And we love doing these because we get to sort of veer away from our PSP, PS Vitas and have a little look at something that we... Maybe we haven't played before, maybe we have, something we love. Um, usually it's a dark memory of riches from the Sega. <laughs> I treat these sessions as therapy. As <laughs> well, you should. Uh, I still have my cough. Uh, I'm really sorry about that, but you'll just have to deal with it. Uh, so, But to try and cure what ails you <laughs> with an ale uh, that Rich has brought back from Bridenton yeah, this weekend from yeah. the coast. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about these? Because it, it, it's... Possibly the most lo-fi bottle uh, <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, no, it's from uh, Bribra. Um, so, uh, little one-man operation um, near the uh, near the front in Bridlington. Um, it's been brewing for a while now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it does some really interesting flavors. I think his um, first one um, he said was like an oyster. Um, infused type wow. um, ale and stuff like that. So sounds like an accident. <laughs> it does a little <laughs> just bit. Dropped but, it in there, but apparently it was quite good. I haven't been able to try it myself. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got um, Nico's simply the zest. So it's uh, suitably uh, citrusy. Um, uh, Nico, sure, that's Nico Bellek of GTA Four fame. He uh, maybe big, big in Bridlington. Yeah, probably. How, how, what is the what is the I was going to say capacity going back to football manager now, what's the capacity <laughs> of Bridlington but like is it that capacity many... <laughs> of Bridlington <laughs> yeah what is the population of Bridlington and oh, how no how would it compare to Liberty City um, I would imagine it's smaller yeah possibly yeah <laughs> I mean I imagine that most uh, missions would end up with you like driving off a cliff probably probably <laughs> into yeah, the sea yeah oh, so um, mine is Hoppy in Brid uh, and it is hoppy. It is quite hoppy in name, uh, and yeah, it's delicious. It's really good. Yeah, I, like like I say, for a lo-fi bottle of beer, I'm really you know really happy with that. So you know, yeah. kudos. And like you say, it does feel like he's been doing it for a while. I mean, you know, and there's a warning about sediment, and I quite like the I quite like the sediment at the bottom of a a brewed beer. It doesn't well, yeah, you'd be alright then? Yeah, yeah, doesn't you know? Like is in it. It feels real, like you know, it's not just sulfites and bollocks. Like, well, yeah, that's that's the thing, because like when you're when you're in there, like the tap room is like in where he's brewing it. So yeah. like it's it must be like an old cafe or something. Mm. Um, and I think he's still using a load of the old furniture. Um, but he's basically got a load of the the kit just cordoned off um, to one side. So like 
staying there long enough and you'll just see him doing the actual brewing and stuff like yeah. that and um you know chatting away with everybody who's coming in and stuff like that so uh yeah no he's he's doing good work awesome so to um you know what's the word i'm looking for when you put something with something like a food with a drink you know not to support like a pairing yeah pairing <laughs> to pair this wonderful ale we've got hopefully some wonderful some games and um i feel like Last week's pod with wrestling, um, we hit on some, you know, some good games. So a couple of eight out of tens after probably having a couple of weeks of, I'd say, you know, lesser helpings in terms of the games we were playing and reviewing. Maybe you know, sort of, we were going for the sixes. I think you know, like the Lego games that you know weren't wonderful, but they were good enough. And I think I'm going to bring something to the table here that will be worth what this ale is worth to me. Ooh, okay. All right. And would you like me to go first? Do I need to Rochambeau you, or are you too excited to keep it in your pants? Um, I mean, I I would quite happily go first. I can't remember who went first last time, so it seems like uh, a bit of rock, scissors, paper or something like that might yeah. be the fairest way of doing it. Okay, should we do that then? Let's do right, that. Okay, right, okay, so this is great podcasting, <laughs> right. but we're going to go on three. On three. Okay, right. One, two, three. Okay, oh, draw. One, two, three. Ah, uh, paper covers rock. Yes. Right, okay. Right. So that means Rich won, by the way. I won. Uh, I'm going to get some sound patch. <laughs> Immediately. I'm getting some sweets, probably. <coughs> Keeping people waiting. Yeah. Um, I'm doing Pokemon Yellow. Oh! <laughs> oh, my days. That gets me so excited because, like, you, you're dropping, like, a big hitter. Like, I'm dropping <laughs> a big hitter, too. Like, it's so uh, This podcast is unreal. <laughs> ah! Oh, I'm so excited. Right. Yes. <laughs> um. So, kind of like when we were talking about wrestling, um, Pokemon is one of those weird things that I was obsessed with as a kid. Had like a big long period of not really thinking about too much, and then became an adult and became obsessed with it again because yeah. I never actually grew up. <laughs> um, and so it's been kind of weird going back to like tail end of Gen One. Mm. Um, so you had Pokemon Red and Blue in mm -hmm. the West. It was Red and Green in Japan. Um, and then Pokemon Yellow was the version they released when they realized that the cartoon was huge. <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh, how, can, how can we cash in on that? <laughs> we made the games before we made the cartoon. Oh, shit. <laughs> They've gone with Pikachu. Um, so, like, there's a lot of nods to the cartoon there's a lot of um like tweaks to accommodate it pikachu follows you around um you can quote unquote talk to it and sort of check its mood and it will say like pika really loudly but like through crunchy game boy <laughs> so, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> which that was a good impression and, thank you and um, quite impressive that the game boy could it did it did sound like Pikachu, to be fair, like is it yeah. more than yeah, I thought yeah. it would do when it did it. So, like the original, like red and blue version of Pikachu makes a kind of standard Pokemon bleepy bloopy, I am here kind of yeah. noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, whereas in yellow, it actually yeah quote unquote talks <laughs> um, to the extent that genuinely, I think one of the most horrifying noises I've heard in a video game is Pikachu's passing out noise <laughs> it just screams yeah it, it screams yeah, yeah. it's awful yeah. um 
But at the same time... Okay. Makes you want to protect it? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> The comparison of the drawing of Pikachu from red and blue to yellow. Like, yeah, in- <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do, that's one of the things... In fact, they tweak quite a few of the Pokemon's like, sprite work yeah. to more reflect what kids think it should look yeah, like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it's still the same like progression of stuff. Um it's kind of um is it i wouldn't say it's necessarily difficult to go back to gen 1 for um like the gameplay it is however noticeably slower mm. noticeably light by comparison so like nowadays you can ha- if you want to wade in and catch them all you can if you want to go into like an intensive breeding regime for pokemon with specific <laughs> stats and specific natures and specific um, I don't know, fucking backgrounds and stats and all this kind of, you can um, you can go hunting for particular variants and, and blah 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 blah, there's a bunch of different yeah. ways of doing it it's realised it's an RPG and, and has gone full tilt with it um, there's a lot more depth Gen 1 there's none of that, it's like you, you catch them, you fight them, cheers here are the credits, you're done Yeah, um, love it, that's how I like my, it is definitely like my RPGs definitely streamlined <laughs> Um, but it is it, even when you like whack the um, like the text box speed up, it, it's still quite ponderous mm. compared to some of the ones nowadays. Yeah, um, and to the extent that like I was playing um, Brilliant Diamond recently on the on the Switch, mm. which was not particularly well received as as remakes and updates go. Yeah, um, but I'm really enjoying it. Because it doesn't feel like too much of a step forward from Gen 1. Okay. And I'm like a kind of Gen 1 apologist, <laughs> you know, by nature. Do you? Um, I didn't know they existed. I mm. didn't know that you had to be... A, I didn't know you had to apologise to Gen 1. I think there's like... Well, this is going to piss a lot of people off, right? Because, like, the Pokemon community on the internet <laughs> apparently has a bit of a reputation for being, like, vile. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and so, like... I, th- I think there is a bit of a kind of old school, new school yeah. divide. Wankbaggery. Um, something like that. Yeah. Um, over things like, um, you know, how um, experience points get shared out between your um, oh. Pokemon and stuff like that, or, or not. And uh, you've, got, you've got to come from somewhere, though. Like, I mean, they, so EXP all is definitely an important part of the game when you from Gen 2 onwards, is it, I think? It might be possibly slightly later. But, I don't know. Um, but, like, I mean, you'd, you've got to have some some respect for where a game's come from. Do you know what I mean? Like, as in, they, they mm. learned that and went, oh, yeah, we know that now that actually, we, you know, it's difficult to level up every single Pokemon and to have enough best Pokemons to fight the final four and things. Like, as in, yeah. you don't just want... A level seventy Venusaur. I mean, you do because it's a fucking beast. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you, you you want to have a variety because that's what you need. Like, it, and it's difficult to do that. But you've got to let the developers learn that that is the case. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as in, it, I don't think that's something that you know should have been held against them for being the very first game. Like, yeah, and I, and I think it's the kind of thing that a couple of the the. Bits and bobs on YouTube that I've watched or things that I've read, um, I can't help but notice that a lot of the people that are complaining about like all of the Pokemon in your party sharing experience points 
are considerably younger than me. And I, I, <laughs> I find myself being that old man yelling at that cloud. Um, and like, you weren't there. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to have to level that magic up on its own. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, all yeah. that. So Find me some rare candy. Please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like um, these Sour Patch Kids. Rare yeah, candy. Flipping <laughs> addictive, those ones. Um, this is level magic up. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, there's, there's also a lot of, like, baggage that comes with it. So there's some, like, pacing issues um you know around the story and stuff like that it kind of feels like you can kind of like it feels quite linear but at the same time it's just like you're going to catch pokemon now goodbye small child i'll <laughs> yeah. see you when you're a man i yeah. guess um <laughs> no no <I'm> still 10 <laughs> <laughs> like some of the balance between some of the types like i think psychic is still very overpowered there's nothing really to balance it out mm. um whereas nowadays between uh, the the flexibility for move sets and all sorts of stuff like the balance despite what some people might think about a particular game still generally feels yeah. better um there's some nice like um game boy color um palettes going on and stuff like mm -hmm. that so it doesn't look too um too gnarly um but you know obviously we'll still go through a, a black and white um game boy without any hassle um what one of the weird things that struck me besides how like well, the, the sheer nostalgia for the like the sprite work and mm. all that kind of stuff um, is between some of that sprite work and some of the jingles and, and musical cues you get. How much of that stuff is still used yeah. now, yeah. and like how, like how it's just stuck around? Um, it is incredible to to think about it and how, like, despite some of the the foibles and the flaws that the original games might have how much of it has still carried through and how strong that foundation was. Yeah. And you're saying about developers learning about stuff, like they didn't have to learn much, you know, that it still feels like we're tinkering around the edges. And then, you know, you, you come right the way up and you're like just about getting to kind of open worlds and yeah. dipping your toes there. Um, to 25 years later. Worse, 25 <laughs> years later. It's funny, um, isn't it? That you say like, it's um, quite maligned. Like the, the people are always like, Oh, you know, it's mostly Pokemon fans where they'll be like, oh, you've got this battle going on and then it's just this Pokemon's kind of standing there and not even doing moves. It's just sort of like, you know. Oh, yeah, the and, animation's all yeah, like thereof. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but then it, if you suddenly had everything being Pokemon Stadium-esque, like, would you really enjoy that? Would it not extend the game out a massive amount? Like, I'd, I don't mind it just being a minimal amount of animation, like, isn't, because that's... Well, Pokemon battles are very important, obviously, as part of the game. Yeah, like, yeah. Spending a million years on meeting fucking, you know, a little trainer in the forest with his little bee drill. Like, as in, I don't want to see all the shit. I just want to destroy him. That's <laughs> important. <laughs> Take his little pieces of money that he's got. It's it's funny you mention that because... Same well, Din. With, um, with some of the more recent games like um, Scarlet and Violet and stuff like that, you know, there's a lot of performance issues. Um I almost wish they'd made the world smaller mm. to make the performance issues a little bit, um, remediate them a little bit. Yeah. Or, like you say, like add a little bit more detail in here and there. Like like you say, I don't want much. I've got a perfectly good imagination, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and I know how to use it. Um, but I, I feel like they're they possibly got to a point where like the ambition is starting to outweigh some of the technical ability. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, in fact, I kind of wonder if that was 
slightly the case with okay with these Gen One games, like yeah. Day Dot, um, because like you, you you think about what it's trying to do <laughs> and and the size of the world and the the permutations for any given fight mm. and all that kind of stuff, and and actually like to put that on a Game Boy cartridge mm. is pretty insane, is, yeah. Um, and so I think there's always been that element of, of trying to see how far they can push it mm-hmm. um, to the extent that it will sometimes get a bit creaky and, and creaky. This is okay. You know, it is like, it's perfectly playable. It has a, a very, I would argue a very important place in, you know, not just gaming history, but like pop culture history. Um, but at the same time, like, there are still issues. There are still problems with it, um, and you know, you you—it's the old thing of like random encounters or the grind of trying to get through like the the Mount Moon area and stuff like yeah. that. And loving the tower and things. Yeah, and some it's of like, the the, the you gaps need a ghost between... Pokemon. It's like, oh, do I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, you you have to have certain requirements <coughs> to go to a certain area, or there's there's too long a gap between places where you can heal up. Yeah. Um, and too many trainers and too many random encounters with no respite or, or way of avoiding it necessarily, uh, or at least an, a convenient, easy, intuitive way of avoiding it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's things like that where um, it, it feels like it falls into that familiar area of the ambition is is kind of outweighing mm-hmm. the, the execution. Um, and so that ultimately is kind of where I come down with this and it, it almost feels like you have to review the game in two ways. Um, you know, it, it's kind of position and, and contribution to, um, you know, the, the, the art form yes. <laughs> yeah. um, versus actually going back and playing the game on mm. its own merits. Mm. Um, because I think if you look at that first generation of Pokemon um, and particularly the, the fact that they had the nous to look at it and go, Actually, like, sure, it's a cynical cash grab, but if it cements the relationship between the games and the the cartoons and and vice versa, like, there's a reason for it. We can add in a load of, um, you know, bug fixes and and patch a load of stuff. You know, there wasn't any DLC or or patches on the Game Boy. Um, (laughs) So, like, this was the the only way of doing anything like that. Uh Um, So I think for a lot of reasons, you know, it it has an important place, but... Going back and playing it, mm. I, I think are, are two quite different things. That's interesting. I mean, like, uh, when was the I, I probably played Yellow as recent as maybe like six or seven years ago, maybe. Um, and I wasn't thinking about games as critically as I do now. Um, but it is almost, and I, I keep on thinking to Gen 2 and thinking how many little things in yeah. the EXP all, like, the fact you could press select and get on your bike just straight, you could, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have to go into your menu to do yeah, that and yeah. stuff. Like is in for a gamer, the ease of with which they made Pokemon games later, um, small improvements and things. And it's but like, matter. Yeah. And it's like in like sword and shield on the switch. Like they were, they were like just averagely reviewed and it was like, Oh, well it's just the same as a normal Pokemon game and not much has changed and things. But, I felt like they were quite a good evolution because you kind of got those, mm. the, the sort of like the free roam, the few little free roam areas, and you kind of got, whilst the towns are quite linear, you still get the, the feel of a free roam around that as well. Um, and yeah, it's just like, 
I, I like how they've tagged things on and made it sort of like a different thing every time. They have tried to evolve it a little. <laughs> hey, funny enough, <laughs> tried to evolve it a little bit. Pikachu wouldn't fucking evolve. <laughs> Try and evolve it a little bit every time. Um, but you can see that it's so funny that for a company that has made so many billions and billions of dollars or whatever, like they probably have struggled with their game development quite a bit every generation in so much that everyone kind of goes oh Pokemon but mm, is it, you know, I, I, it sounds the same for the very first generation yeah I, I think they find themselves in a catch 22 regularly because mm. they either depart from the formula laid down in gen 1 yeah. and everybody's like or a load of people are like why have you departed from the, the tried and true formula or they don't and everybody's like well why aren't you innovating yeah. and, I, and I think it's very very difficult to strike a balance and I for one like really like Sword and Shield I mm. do and I, but a large a large part of that is, for me is that you have that kind of familiar framework of a, a, a quote unquote classical Pokemon game but with a lot of the UK nods and as mm. <laughs> you know a British person still living here mm-hmm. um, it was really really fun to spot those yeah. little bits and enjoy the localization and stuff like that. But that's kind of what's weird about going back and playing Pokemon Yellow because that kind of Kanto region is weirdly featureless, but at the same time, utterly fucking iconic if you're yeah. part of the community. You know, like, um, it, it's really weird um, how they managed to achieve so much with, with so little. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a it's a very difficult one for me to kind of score in my head. So fuck knows what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've, you've, you've really put like, you know, the Pikachu amongst the Fearows. I, I, it's, no, there's not really a cat. Is there no, probably a Meowth. Meowth. A Meowth amongst the Fearows. Yeah. yeah, it's better. Or something. Uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go back on that. Um, but because you have made me think more about it, Critically, and you know, like, is in so whilst it's your review, like, is in immediately my head spinning around, go, what do I think of this and stuff? Is that yeah, so? What, what do you think? Of this? Well, <laughs> what do I think of like yeah. Gen Gen One Pokemon? Yeah, because um, I mean, for me, everything hit a stride in Gen Two. Yeah, but Gen One's the one that I always think of first. Uh, yeah, I I struggle through our. RPGs in general, like yeah. so. I mean, this is like a fifteen-hour game, and I think that yeah. feels like always like the right sweet spot for an RPG for me. In fact, that's an important point. Sorry, can I just interrupt? Mm. Because with this, there's like no end game. Mm. So, like, you get to the end, that's it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the ones nowadays will give you more things to do mm-hmm. still afterwards to keep you playing. Yeah. If you want to. And I and I feel that's kind of important for me, like almost You're like that. having yeah. that kind of conclusion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I know that in Gen Two, um, I think I spoke about it again. I'm going to go back to like a, last week. Go back to our Slam Dunk podcast because I remember Birdie at the time said that one of his best games ever was Pokemon Silver. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Gold, and I and I mentioned that in Silver, and and I said that it felt like it really cemented. You know, that was the one, like, that generation was like, this is it now. Like, Pokemon is just like... We've peaked. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's in everyone's veins. Uh, and I mentioned at the time that um, the, an important part was almost having the Kanto tagged onto the end of it. Yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, here's another bit of the game. Um, and I think that um, in, <laughs> in my mind now, I'm thinking, well, actually, that's like, 
you know, it's a lot of extra bits. It was like, I think the first game was already like maybe twenty hours, like is in the actual bulk game. And then you can add another sort of like ten hours, I think, go around the gyms and stuff. Yeah. Like and I was like, that's like probably too much, but um but then it's Pokemon. Like it sounds so stupid, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's such a familiar like sort of feeling that actually, you know, like you forgive that a little bit, like then the length of the game becomes like null and void almost. Because yeah. you're going back to it like you're going back to the original. Um so what I'm trying to say is really I, I don't generally feel like I want to play long RPGs, but that one probably a bit of an exception because it's like, oh, here's Kanto again. You didn't see this coming, did you, motherfucker? And you're like, oh, my God, I did not see this coming. You're so right. Um, but that wouldn't have been nearly as satisfying if Gen 1 hadn't happened. Exactly. <laughs> that yeah, is it, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like... Um, so I don't want to try and squeeze in every single thing that I feel or know about Pokemon, but you're talking to somebody who, as late as last year was waiting for the television show to come out in Japan so that I could read the Wikipedia entry to find out if Ash won the World Championship. That made BBC News, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It did, Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was like, you know, like, yeah. But find me another video game series that has a cartoon that can do that. I know, exactly. And then, like, and then about six months later, the voice for the Western world of Ash, like, retired after, like, 20 years. And that was, like, BBC News as well. And it's just like... You know, and and I'm and I genuinely am sat there in my son's bedroom, like waiting for him to go to sleep, and I'm just sat there on my phone, like and I'm like I'm like I'm just gonna find out if Ash what happened in the quarterfinals, like, is in the, you know, <laughs> like I, it's I a just, real sport. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. I like, and I know it's just just that's fucking insane. That's so, for a thirty-five-year-old grown man, I I get it, but it's just it has a hook in me, like mm. nothing else, and it's just. That warm, fuzzy feeling, like as in, it feels like you've got a Pikachu inside you, like as in, just sort of like <laughs> constantly cuddling you. So I'm obviously like, and that all drills back to that Gen One game of this is the first, like the very first thing. And I think I've already referred to the story on the podcast before, where I like I was in on holiday and I didn't have Pokemon at the time, and I was in Newquay down on the, on the south coast, and I said to my mum and dad, I, I need, need to, I, I need to go <laughs> to this game shop here, and I need to get a Game Boy, and I need Pokemon Yellow now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's in, like, it's in like and obviously not like a petulant child or anything, but I was like, I can't convey to you enough. <laughs> like, it's in like the the feeling around the world right now. Like, it's in like channeling into me. It's like this. I. Just desperately need this, like, <laughs> like you know, like, is it like, just think how quiet it'll be for the, you know, the seven and, and a half, good forever. yeah, the seven and a half journey, seven and a half hour journey back to Carlisle, <laughs> the car, like, is it, you know, you won't hear a peep out of me, and you know, I'll give you all my pocket money and everything, like, you know, like, like I'll go to grandma's every week and make her tea and Christmas <laughs> yeah, presents, just like you know, I, I, I felt like I'd probably give up, I, I, at that time, and this is how probably I would have given up anything just to have it, mm. and. That's madness to think about that because it still didn't really know what I was getting. Like I just knew, I just knew that such as the force you, of the tidal wave. Exactly, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. you just had to have it, and it was like, and I think I played like maybe half an hour with my friends, like they're on their mm. Game Boy stuff, and I was like, just it's just wild that that and that that was Generation One. So, um, but then I keep looping back, and, and I know I need to give you an answer, but it's just like thinking about it like critically. That like, isn't how much of a good game was it. And how sensible you are as a person. Like, you, <laughs> do you have that tidal wave? <laughs> like, like you, you're like, ah, poppycock, that bullshit. You know, is it like, this is what I really think. Uh, a seven? 
Yeah, I, seven out of ten. I, I think seven was probably probably where I was ending up. Okay, I think a seven or an eight. Um, like I said, the 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 problem I've got is that I feel like I'm reviewing two games at once. Yeah, for for very different reasons. I think if you're talking about like impact, and especially if you take sort of Pokemon Yellow as the kind of culmination of that first generation and like the, the kind of most. Uh, refined version of it. Yeah, I think you are talking a nine or a ten out of ten, potentially. Yeah, or at least you could have an argument, a, a pretty good one for it. <coughs> I think if if you're talking about the game on its own merits in the cold light of day in 2023, compared mm. to the numerous games that have come since, mm. that offer you a multitude of different ways of of engaging with the the IP, let alone um, you know playing a mainline Pokemon game. I think you're probably looking at somewhere nearer a six, maybe a seven yeah. on a good day. Um, so, but, that, but it's but that's fair. Like, is in you know, yeah, just because like, it's I mean, become it, it, it's just become it's become a behemoth doesn't mean that it didn't have humble beginnings. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and and so I think splitting the difference and and kind of taking it as a as a whole, mm. I think a seven is probably about the fairest. You could say, yeah. I I reckon you could, you wouldn't need to persuade me too much to put it as an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, thinking back to Guacamole, and and giving that an eight, an easy eight, yeah. And did I have as much fun with Pokemon Yellow as I did with that? No, no, I don't think I no. did. But I'm not playing it for the first time. I'm not, you know, whatever yeah. age I was at the time. Um, yeah, it's it's it is a tricky one. It really is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with the seven out of ten. Brilliant, cool. Seems, I really I cheap. really enjoyed that half an hour of my life. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's good. I I don't, I, I, I don't want to promise that we'll go back to Pokemon or anything at some point. But I mean, I it would be remiss remiss of me to start to think that we wouldn't maybe look at some other generations and stuff. Because I'm going to be honest, I've only really played. Like I mean, I don't know what number generations there are, but I've only played. Gen 1, Gen 2, and then I, because I just never had a DS or an Advance mm. or anything, like, I didn't play another one, really, until Sword and Shield. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, I, I was but basically the same. For being yeah. such a Pokemon aficionado, in a way, that is in, you know, to kind of skip all that, there's stuff I'd like to go back and see, and see and do. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I would encourage you to, um, because, like, and I think that this was probably... I, I've kept this particular ace up my sleeve to the very end after we've given it a score for a reason. Um, because if I was going to go back and play Gen 1, I would go back to Fire Red, mm-hmm. which was the, the remake yeah. on the Game Boy Advance. By that point, that came out, I think, either in line with or just after like the third or fourth generation. Mm. So that little bit later, few more refinements, few more features, yeah. different artwork, all that kind of stuff... It for me, as as a way of playing the first generation, I think is is definitely um the better of the two. Um I mean I've not gone and played like Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee or, or the no. kind of more modern uh, remakes. Um but certainly Fire Red for pound for pound, I think would be my preferred way of, of playing it. But Pokemon Yellow was there. <laughs> you know, it cool. was there at the time. And um so if you were going to go to red or blue or fire or leaf green, yeah. like as in, so start a Pokemon. Um, would usually be Charmander. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Although first time out, I chose uh, Bulbasaur. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Bulbasaur guy. 
Mm. Um, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that you know you need you need some fight. You, you need some. It's probably just the easiest way to beat Brock. Really, I think. Yeah, I definitely didn't do it the easy Brock, way. Brock and Misty, like, as in you kind of go. You think I'm gonna get? A, I'm getting a double whammy there. Like, as in you know, you can take Squirtle to beat Brock, but then you know, like to have Bulbasaur to like take on Misty as well. It's like you know, just cruising straight away. I learned the hard way early doors that you need to get a butterfree and get it oh, learning man. some like, psychic moves. How many people? I wonder how many people in the entire planet have had to level up a butterfree. That like, is it just oh, as a yeah. Yeah, as yeah. like a skill, yeah. almost like you go down to the job center and it's like, oh yeah, um, level up a butterfree. Yeah, everyone's done that, mate. Do you yeah, know what yeah, like? yeah. You've got your got your patches of grass <laughs> right, you always go to because yeah. you know you can get back to the center easily and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, what now? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Awesome. Um, I think you mentioned on the last pod that the Switch is good for game preservation. Um, kind yeah. of. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's, yeah. that's a broad brush. but yeah. Um, so I'm going to come in with a Stone Cold Classic that I wouldn't have played if I didn't have a Switch. Mm-hmm. And I dabbled with this game a little bit when I was younger. And the little bit was when I was about five or six probably... Uh, me and my parents would go to a retail shopping centre estate in the UK, a mall, you'd call it, I guess, in America, places like that. And um, and there was a Curry's, and yep. a Curry's electrical shop. And you could play this game in a Curry's electrical shop on a cabinet. No, it wasn't a cabinet. It was probably like a console. You know how you kind of get sometimes in game shops like where a console... Kind of retail unit type Yeah, a retail things. unit with a TV in it yeah, and things. Yeah. And that was the only time I really played this game before... Um, about a month ago um, but I really remember having really good memories of it and enjoying that I'm trying to tease you in a little bit I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's working, it's working. Um, and I'll never forget the, the first time that I jumped on Yoshi <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been playing Super Mario World nice, uh, <laughs> nice. And we're I, talking cultural impact yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well I think a lot of that has come from that I've also been playing Super Mario Odyssey with yeah. Oscar, my five-year-old, together, kind of going through that, and and the Super Mario film's been out this year. My house is just full of, full of Mario <laughs> shit, like as in to the point where even before tonight, like so that we've got a couple of Duplo people, like as in, and they just have red and blue clothes on, and now my little boys, even the two-year-old, call their, call them Mario, and <laughs> they're just like little figures that look like little boys, like as in, like and and. Oscar has built um, out of Duplo this massive tower that is in, and that's Bowser's tower, and that's sitting then that City Kingdom from Mario Odyssey, and then he bounces around the front room, is like, oh, Daddy, I'm over on like trampoline, like Kingdom and stuff and things like that, and it's just like, oh wow, you, you know, like seeing his imagination. I don't really input in that too much. I just kind of go, oh, where what's going on, and he'll just tell me, and he's just like, you know, from and that's the first sort of thing I get from Mario games almost mm. that for a straightforward platformer with levels the amount of imagination that you can get out of that and the world of mario that yeah, is yeah. is it's incredible that has happened and had the culture and impact that it has and mm. um, so the reason i put picked put picked um super mario worlds was because i um I guess it's like, I know people kind of say, oh, the best one is either maybe this one or Super Mario Bros. 3. Mm. Um, I've played one and I'm not very good at it. Like, you know, <laughs> I've played one and I've maybe done like 
10 levels and I, and I found it quite difficult if I'm going to be honest um I I find Super Mario World quite difficult and I mentioned to you that I was doing a free play game that I found quite difficult and actually when I looked online people were like it's not difficult it's it's dead easy <laughs> that is in you're an absolute bitch ass if you can't do Super Mario World and I'm like oh like is it like no like it's just such a precise game like is yeah. it it's like you you like the reason that people find it less difficult than three or the previous iterations or like the lost levels, for example, mm. like is, it, is that you can get the cape feather, like so you can fly a little bit in this and you get Yoshi as well. There's more power ups that are helpful to you, but they don't make the game any easier in so much that like the cape feather is a bit of a hack in so much that you can jump over gaps that you would much easier than you would have been able to previously without that. Yeah. Um, but then they're kind of like, you're expected to make those jumps anyway, almost. Like, I feel like it's, it, it doesn't help you so much more that you're like, oh, you know, this game is going to, I'm going to be able to complete this game. Now I've got a cape feather. I'm usually, I've usually lost it with like one Goomba later. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like yeah, yeah. I've usually fucked it. Like, it's, it's <laughs> like, um, you know, and the amount of times that, I would die, and then I, I was like, "Oh, like you know, like this is difficult for me. Like it's not horrendous. Like as in it, it just felt like the right difficulty. Mm. Like, and I think that's what makes the game like feel really good to me. Like it feels like a a really hard challenge that I, but not so much that I'm like it turns me off. I'm just like I want to come back to you. The ghost levels, like as <laughs> in the mansions. Yeah, I think they are a piss take. If I'm going to be honest, yeah, the sort of more puzzly type. Bits, right? But it's not really a puzzle though. Like it's in it's like pick up this button, go to the other side of the door, then press the button, and then you can get into the door. Whereas if you don't, you keep on going in for a cycle. <laughs> Who if you didn't have a guide when you were younger? Or do you know what I mean? Like, how are you ever gonna work that out? Like mm. seriously, do you know what I mean? Like, in, like I, yeah, yeah. I, it's almost like I I can only help I can't help but wonder, like, it must be an assumption you would eventually get a guide or need a guide to some parts of this game, especially when you come to, I guess, when you come off the beaten path. So yeah. the the game being, what, was it 1990 in Japan? So, you know, like, but, so, you know, an extensive period of time. In 1992, I think it was in Europe and America. So, you know, you're talking, what, 30 years now, like, is yeah. it? And it's a 30-year-old game, um, and... You know, the internet wasn't prevalent or anything like that. Uh, so, but now people know it really well. And it's yeah. been speed run and it's just like, like you said, it's had this massive cultural impact. But I, so it's, it feels very easy to be able to say now, oh, you know, like, oh, mm. this is the um, the yellow switch palace and this is how you do it. And this is how you get to the red switch palace. And this is how you get to the magical star road levels and then the <laughs> special levels. And I'm like... How would you have ever known or even had the capacity or skill level to be able to do that without any help? I just don't think that that is possible. Do you? That's a question I came with today, really. Yeah. Um, so having... Well, I know I know there, for a fact there were... There have been various games in history where there have been deliberately ridiculous bits in it mm. in order to help drive guidebook sales or um you know calls to helplines um, yeah okay yeah that's yeah, yeah. sorry that's another like, path quite, yeah. quite often you would have the 
um, the helpline number in the back of the manual and yeah. stuff like that. Um, on the flip side, this is also the era where plenty of games would come, like especially if they were kind of a trickier thing, like an RPG, they might come with a guide in the manual and yeah. like talk you through the first <coughs> stages of the game. Um, but also, it was the era where you would be able to get help guides from magazines and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like, you know, you could go down the newsagent and, and get yeah. some help if you really wanted to um, and stuff like that. Um, however, you made that sound really nefarious. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't I? Sorry. Um, but nonetheless, um, I think there is a fair amount of assumptions um, that, you know, developers could make around that time mm-hmm. that would not necessarily be the same ones the player would be making given the situation. And especially like, you know, the first um, Super Mario game is quite often like hailed as like one of the best intro levels ever because it it just intuitively teaches you how to play it and gives you all the tools you need to go and play the rest of the game. And I think by the time you get to Super Mario World the game itself has got so much more sophisticated, Mm -hmm. it kind of can't do that as effectively. And I think the game design stuff, like the game design ethos and and practice hasn't quite caught up with it yet. I think nowadays, generally, we're we're better at it. Um, But yeah, I think there's a a definite grey area in there where it's not necessarily going to be a given that anybody's going to get it. I mean, look at me and fucking Echo the Dolphin when I'm going through that, you know. so yeah, I I, th- I think I'm inclined to agree with you. Yeah, and it's just like you know, thinking about the basic game design. Then it is a beautiful game. Mm. It it looks stunning on the Switch. Like it's in. I mean, and I assume it kind of did sort of anyway in the SNES. And like I said, I've, ne- I've apart from remembering kind of like a murky memory of being five or six of playing a Nintendo in a curry shop. <laughs> like, um, you know it it looks brilliant and it handles so well. Like is it, like I said, that precision like. It doesn't. Um, I was when I was trying to say it right at the start. Like, is in it's a very precise game. Like, is in you know where Mario is going. You know where yeah, Yoshi yeah, is yeah. going. As soon as you press the button at the right time, you know where you're going to land. You know what I mean? Like, is it? And it's just. Uh, and how many games can you say that about? Mm. Like, it not. I don't think that many really. No, um, it's crisp. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, like, yeah. isn't? I can totally see how this is considered one of the best games of all time. Like, isn't? Yeah, it? I, yeah. I can. It. There's so many features to it that that make you feel that way. Um, and going back to all the different secret levels and things, um, I feel like you, you could play through the game and get to Bowser's Castle at the end. Uh, shock, uh, Mario's trying to save Peach from Bowser. A what? Uh, yeah, no, who knew that was yeah. a... You know, like, <laughs> oh, who saw that coming? No anyway, um, but yeah, and, and you could... As a, I guess, a layman coming to this and not really, even now, not really knowing much about the game, I was like, right, I'm going to try, I'm going to play it as blind as I can, like you know, not try and learn any more about it before I start playing it. Yeah. Um, coming to it as a, a sort of a layman, if you will, um, it, like I could go through the game and complete, I guess, the main part of the game, the main arc, and feel like it was a great game and everything. Um, it's just. It is incredible to think about all the different bits they put into it and how many special secret levels there are. Yeah. Like, as in, you know, and, and just have the audacity to be like, oh, secret ghost house two or secret chocolate world three or something <laughs> like It's just that, you know. Go is, find it, bitches. <laughs> yeah. So the benefits of playing on the Switch. So after a while, I was like, I'm really enjoying this game. Mm-hmm. But am I 
enjoying the old world of having five lives, dying, continuing from the start of the level, if I'm not good enough, etc. Like, yeah, I could I could do that. I could do that. Or, as I've just read at the bottom of the screen, fucking three and a half hours after playing it, I can fucking reverse the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my God, what? Like, so you can actually reverse the last 30 seconds of your play. So I'm here like fucking up a thousand times over and actually all I have to do is just stop and like go, well... Because you like you waste so many pointless lives, like yeah, why, yeah. wives, said everything. Yeah, you just like you know falling down a random crack sometimes or something like that. And you're like, oh, that wasn't even like that wasn't even a difficult part of the level. I just fucked up. Like, as in, so you like to have the ability just to go on the switch, just go up oh, and back again. Like, as in, like you know, that it doesn't waste your time. Like, which like you know. I don't want this to necessarily feed into the the review score you're going to give and stuff, but I just wanted to say that that is there, and actually it's much more geared towards the kind of modern game that I am, where I feel like I don't want a game that's mm. going to waste my time, and I don't. And whilst I I like the difficulty level and I want it to be there, I'd also and if it's a small fuck up that's going to cost me quite a lot, the I guess the offset of how much this is going to cost me, how many you know, minutes, lives, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I should be, I feel like I want to be able to get that back. Like, is in yeah, and, and you, you know, yeah. like, is in, and I know, and I know in 1990, you couldn't, and just, you couldn't do it. Like, is in, but I'm not a Mario, Super Mario World speedrunner. I'm not an expert. I wanted to be able to play the game and enjoy it. So finding that feature on the Switch, I was like, actually, this has helped me get through more of the game than I would have done probably. It makes it more accessible. It absolutely does. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, actually, this is great because then I can I can show this to my children maybe when they're a bit younger and sort of say, look, you know, like this is the game, this is the you know the the you know, one the ones, one the Mario games and stuff. And it kind of like I do you know, I don't have to break their patience barrier, like as in, yeah, you know, yeah. I can say, you know, like as in, they, they might actually play all the way through to Bowser's Castle because of this feature. Whereas actually, I think me personally even would have been like, after maybe like two or three worlds, I've seen enough. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. as in, and brought the, but like, so I got to like, I got to Bowser's Castle by using this feature because it was just, it was there. Also on the Switch, so this is a bonus part of the review, which is like, I discovered afterwards, there's an SP version as right. well so I should mention that this is if you buy the Nintendo Switch online membership mm-hmm. which is 18 pounds a year and there's so many SNES games on there and the game and, and so you get for that 18 pounds you get a bunch of NES games and a bunch of SNES games um, and a bunch of Game Boy games now if you pay the 36 pounds I think it is you get N64 games and Sega Mega Drive games and it's not just like oh here's your standard 20 there's like an excessive you know, an excessive amount really Especially for somebody who hasn't played that many Nintendo games, that yeah. is, and so actually they're all sat there now for me, and I'm like, this is great. Like I've got this library here of things that I can go back to, and like I said, without the Switch and having that library, and Nintendo notoriously being um, very protective of their IPs, yeah, for them to kind of release them all almost into the wild a little bit, even if you are paying a little bit of money a year for them, is great. Like in so I'm actually finally starting to look at games and go. I can go back and play this NES game or this SNES game and I never had that in my life. And that's mm-hmm. such a great feeling. So there's this um, SP version where uh, you start off with 99 lives. Like, you 
You only really kind of can die by like falling down cracks and things <laughs> and stuff. You can have a cape feather the whole time. The star roads are open, like completely, and like the special levels are open as well. Okay. So yeah, it yeah. meant that I can go and experience them as well. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, just wait until you get to tubular, like one of the levels, like, you know, like one of the latest special levels and stuff. And I'm like, well, I can just go. They've just opened up the game for you to play. And it's just like, that's great as well because they've just said, we know that maybe everybody won't go and find mm. this switch or be able to go and find the secret key down this tube and things or won't maybe have the skill level to be able to do that. I probably would be one of those people. So I've now got to see the level where there's literally just pipes and there's no floor. And it's like, <laughs> and you've got to find... And actually, I completed Tubular, um, like, legitimately. Like, as it actually nice. did it using <laughs> the actual laws of the game without having to, like, you know... I mean, don't get me wrong, I reversed it a couple of times. But that is in, like still like did it like without like any cheats or anything particularly just like literally was like well I've fallen out of the crack like 17 times like as in but I will get it like as in and if anything it does teach you a little bit of tenacity like as in you're, like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. like because you can just keep on going back you don't go oh fuck off and put the control <laughs> down or anything like that like, you go no like I know what I did wrong that time so I'll just you know I'll keep on jumping till I get that perfect this time mm. and then you jump on that bullet bill perfectly and it jumps into the air and you get a balloon and it's just like you know, and I felt an actual, like, sense of sort of achievement, even though, like, I was like, well, this game's been unlocked completely for me and I can reverse it a little <laughs> bit. But I still felt some achievement because it's such a hard fucking level and all the and special levels hard, uh, all are. Um, so, yeah, just the, the package on the Switch is what I was trying to get to there, really, and it's just, it's great that they've included that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just... It, you know, opened up a whole new world for me, a whole new world um, of Super Mario World um, in terms of just being able to play something where you kind of go, right, I, I get it now from even from the previous era. Like, even though I've played a little bit of Mario Brothers and things, like, is in to go through an entire Mario Brothers game that is a really well-received Mario Brothers game. Mm. Like, and then also to be able to play the newer games, like, Odyssey, for example, and stuff, and you know, I want to, I want to play like I've got Galaxy for the Wii and things. I want to be able to go and play more Mario games. To have so much Nintendo missing out of my life, I'm not saying I had like loads of, loads of joy missing out of my life. Like, <laughs> and I've had plenty of joy, but to ha- to have the ability to have more in there now and have my house full of Mario, and now it kind of feels a bit more complete that I've actually completed a Mario game from back in the day. Yeah, and yeah. and I also critically looked upon that game like sort of like I was like you know I can see why people you know really enjoyed it and stuff um you know so yeah that's that that's my that's, that's you, my Odyssey <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough it's uh it's interesting to know about the rewind feature and stuff like that because I know when I was talking about um Guacamelee, I said about the, the kind of generous checkpointing and yeah. how if you fall down. You were thinking, I was thinking like, about it while you were saying it. Yeah, and like it sounds like a, the the effect is broadly similar, mm-hmm. but the difference in a, in a positive way with um, Super Mario World here is that the actual like you're not tying your fingers in pretzels trying to execute it. It's still a basic yeah. set of mechanics you're, yeah. you're doing. So it feels to me like it wouldn't. That having that rewind feature and trying the same jump seventeen times, it, I mean, it certainly sounds like it wasn't an exercise in frustration, um, <laughs> and and I think that speaks volumes to the game itself, and you know the tools it gives you, how it uh, encourages you to to move through these levels and and all yeah. that. 
Um, it was it was, it was more of a no. I'll get it this time. Yeah, I'll get it this time. Yeah. And it was quick enough. It was a pace enough, not like Guacamole, where it was like I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was getting thrown back in. Like I could control. Like you know, like sometimes it'd be like, oh, I need to go back two steps to then yeah. get the right feel for the next step. Um, so you know, it, it was a, a you know, like it, like you've you know, if anything's you've taught me over the last sort of like six months or anything, it's that have the arcade mentality of you're meant to be learning by failing situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get in, fail hard, learn, yeah. fail hard again. <laughs> um, achieve. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think, well, like you said, Super Mario World is, itself is is rightly regarded as, as one of the greats. Mm. Um, I guess the only question would be whether or not the, the kind of Switch trappings... Um, an an alternative version like enhance it, mm. um, or detract. And I think the that question is going to boil down to how much of like a SNES purist you are, and all that. And yeah. I I would argue that for the vast majority of people, it sounds as though the Switch version is at the very minimum more than suitable. Mm. Um, if not, yeah, like you said, um made all the better for for being more accessible and like giving people that opportunity to to see further into it um because i mean the the reason i say that is i've got one of the the snes mini consoles yeah. Yeah. um which obviously has has that game on it um so there's no like rewind feature or no sp version or anything like that but it does have save states yeah so you can kind of checkpoint yourself but it's not the same like i don't feel like the game is any more accessible for it I can just start a bit further through, yeah, and then keep failing like I always do, <laughs> um, because I am terrible at this game. Um, that surprises me. Uh, no, I'm legitimately awful um, oh, at, yeah. at most two D Mario games. <laughs> and doesn't it like therefore um, sort of confuse you a little bit? That like the general consensus that I found certainly on a few places online was that this game is the easier. On easier, more accessible Mario, even without those features of you know, um, back in the day, people would say that about it, and I'm like, oh wow, like it's in like, how hard do you want your videos games to be? Well, like, <laughs> I mean, I I I quite often go back to um, Super Mario Three. Mm. I I think on the kind of world versus Super Mario Three argument, I think I think most days I would tilt towards Super Mario Three. Mm. But then there'd be one where it's like, oh yeah, but world is is great. Yeah. Um. And I think the 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 trick with either of them when it comes to the difficulty and my inability to play them is the fact that it always feels like my fault. Yeah. Like it, it never feels like it's the game's fault. It always feels like it's my fault. Mm -hmm. And that is why I'm okay with it and and yeah, quite happy enough. with people saying, well, it's the easier one. I'm yeah. like, so yep, that's well, fine. Yeah, I'm no, still yeah. crap it's at the it. Shit at it. Cheers. Um, <laughs> so you thank know, you so much. <laughs> Um, it, it's it's one of those ones. Um, so, I mean, I I'm thinking kind of a nine out of ten. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 this close, and I, for everybody at home, I'm doing the tiny fingers <laughs> together thing. I'm I'm very close to giving it a ten, um, and I'm struggling to think of a reason not to. Yeah. Because um, I know we know we we've always said that ten out of ten wouldn't be perfect. No, it would be pretty freaking close. Yeah, um, but it sounds to me like for for the enhancements and the additions and the accessibility that this particular package offers, mm. um, 
on top of what is widely regarded as one of the best video games of all time. Yeah. You know, whereas I was playing Pokemon Yellow in its original form, yeah. warts and all, yeah. it feels like this version is is the more sort of distilled... Um, it definitely feels like having that stuff there. Like, I played more of the game. Yeah. I enjoyed myself playing the more of the game once I realised I could do the reversing and yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, um, the the core gameplay of the game is is a platformer, one of the best that yeah. I've ever played. Like, as in, I think about like for example, um, Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation One, so clumsy. Like, as in, yeah, yeah. And, but then, but then I go, well, I love that game, but it, but it is like, but it is clumsy. Yeah, yeah Whereas this was like, it just felt like it. They, they really honed the mechanics and the graphics over a period of time. Where it was like, and you could just see that, and like my mind comes back to just thinking, like this would have been just pushing the SNES, like is it just just yeah, to like yeah, some probably, sort of yeah. ultimate limit, like just like, and and just it is just an impressive game. Um, but I, I think that nine out of ten is like a, a fair score. Like, and the only reason. I, the only reason like, I guess I wouldn't go, oh, you know, I'm not like one of those people who's like, oh, you can't give any, you know, you said, you know, like, not a game, a 10 out of 10 game doesn't be perfect or anything like that. Mm. But um, I'd say there, um, there are parts in it where um, some of the level, levels feel a bit samey, like, as in it almost feels like, and okay. then, you know, like, as in, and, and you get the longevity out of the game by, you know, losing lives and then going back and repeating levels and things, but yeah. kind of like, you know, I don't need as many ghost mansions as there are. Like, and just, yeah, and, I, and I just felt like, and I get, you know, I can't, I'm saying that with hindsight in so much that I didn't have a guide or anything, but I genuinely, I was got that first ghost mansion and I was just going round and round. And I was like, I get there must be a yeah, trick. There must be yeah, a trick to doing point. this, but like, without knowing, like, as in, I'm, I'm, I will have to genuinely go away, go away and read what to do. Like, in, and I can't say 30 years ago what that would have been, but I'm guessing it would have been, like you say, a phone helpline or a game guide. And I do genuinely feel like, and that's that's a core level of the game. Yeah. I don't think that without help, well, I, I just can't see how you possibly could do that without somebody telling you what to do. Like, pick up the button, mm-hmm. go to this side, press the button, go through the door. That would take you ages to find that out. So to have that as a core level that you have to complete to complete the game and that happens three or four times i think that's a snag so that's why it's probably more of a nine ish yeah, level wise is. and therefore what you said to me nine out of ten is probably a fairer result for me yeah i, th- I think that's a good way of putting it because i in my head i i think i'm i know we don't do like point um you know <laughs> scales and stuff like that but i think in my head you know like it would be as close to ten as something like a nine point seven. Yeah. Like we're we're talking that kind of thing. Um. So uh, yeah, very very much a high bar. I'm I'm really happy that I've had the chance to experience the game. Good. Uh, yeah. And and that's like that's the only thing I can say about it. It's <laughs> not the only thing. I've said more than that in the last half now, but that's the last thing I'll need to say it about it. Really. Going on the spreadsheet <laughs> as, a, as a nine out of ten. Wow. Cool. Awesome. So thanks very much for listening again, guys. Um, we will be rolling around to another of our uh, gaming nights at Horse oh, of yeah. Brewery by the time this goes out. Um, so if you do get an opportunity to come down and see us. Say hello. Yep. Yeah, then please feel free to do so. Drink some beers and stuff and have some gaming. Hopefully have some retro gaming uh, fun, you know, and we'll see, you know, who's 
shit at which games like we are at Mario. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Cheers. <laughs>